0: you could stand that half cut and rep better than these guys. Look score down and it's called. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording on a Friday in the middle of a two-day gap between Celtics games, which is, you know, not great for the fans, but n- nice for the Celtics dressed up. And we have guest uh, Jimmy Toscano on the podcast from CLNS Media and Celtics Blog. How are you doing today, Jimmy?
1: Yeah, what's up, fellas? I'm good. You know, it's Friday, can't complain. Uh, like you said, we got we get a a, day, uh, a rare Friday. Friday day off of games, but a, <clears throat> a big one coming up. So uh, mm-hmm. it's a good time to
0: be a Celtics fan, I think. Yes, sir. Big game coming up, and we can start there. I mean, Celtics versus Lakers tomorrow, the rivalry renewed, I guess, if you want to call it, obviously. <laughs> Celtics-Lakers, one of the biggest rivalries in sports. I know I know Sam has a certain hatred towards one of the Lakers players. So uh, Not a big LeBron guy. Not Uh-oh. a big
1: Oh, uh, uh, we can get into that.
0: Yeah, I mean, are you a LeBron guy Jimmy? Do you, do you like LeBron James? or are you are you a hater like Sam?
1: I am on the pro LeBron James oh, nice. uh, side, yeah. <laughs> um uh, but here's the thing. I I mean, we I don't know if you guys want to talk about LeBron, but no, yeah, I ahead. can no, totally totally understand like the annoyances and like why he bothers people. Like obviously, mm-hmm. especially like Celtics fans, like you know how LeBron has like he's been you know, probably their, I would say, biggest rival as a player over the last 10 years, right? Yeah, I mean, for even sure. You, 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 further than 10 years. I mean, you know, since really as he came into the league, Pierce and LeBron, like those battles were elite. And, you know, it was always about getting past LeBron in the playoffs uh, if you if you wanted to get to where you wanted to go. And, you know, LeBron versus Celtics will, will be, and it's cool. I mean, he's, Arguably, you know him or MJ are the best players in history, and like he's always going to be tied to the Celtics for, um, you know his ups and downs of his career. So that's pretty cool. But when you like, I'm I'm a huge proponent of like I appreciate like the greats of the game. So like regardless of the sport, and like like I I'm the biggest Tom Brady guy in the world, you know um that's easy when you're living in New England but it goes further than that like it, it like if you're if you're a great player like I'll spend more of my energy appreciating you than than like hating on you that being said I totally can see how LeBron James rubs people the wrong way with some of the things he says or um you know the he's very like aware of his greatness I guess you could say so uh, I can see how that bothers people but You know, like twenty years from now, like we're gonna look back and say, "Wow, like how how lucky were we to be able to watch like the prime of this guy's career?" And same with guys like Kobe. And there's so many reasons to not like them when you're when you're in the heat of the heat of the game, but when you take a step back, you're like, "Wow, like that was really special." So I try to do that. Um, That being said, you know, if it comes down to like, you know, growing up as a Celtics fan, like I wanted nothing more than LeBron James to lose. So I, you know, I I see that for sure. But I'm trying to see it, I guess, from the whole. This guy's so damn good, like just kind of like just watching in awe sometimes of what he's able to do. And like winning winning in the bubble the way he did, yeah, you, you know, with Anthony Davis helps, but it's still a crazy accomplishment. And I'll say this. Maybe Sneaky his biggest accomplishment is winning in Cleveland while Kyrie Irving was probably secretly trying to like take down the team. Mm-hmm. Nobody even knew it at the time. <laughs> so uh pretty pretty good player, I guess, to say, uh to say the least. So I'll leave it at that. But I mean I obviously I see um, the other side of the of the coin as well.
2: No, yeah, whatever. yeah, no, the, the, yeah. I don't have a problem or deny that he's a great player. I just, just I think he's a prick, and I don't like <laughs> yeah. the way he acts. And you, you touched on that, so see that I can appreciate. I just don't like when people act like he's like perfect. Like, yeah, I mean, he's so different than Brady because Brady is just like I don't know. Right. He doesn't he doesn't do like, that. If you
1: shit. hate Brady, like you have something wrong with you. Like that. That's like my state take on Brady. Like if you if you hate LeBron, I can at least see where you're coming from. But the other thing I'll say about this is LeBron for a guy that's been in the limelight since he was, you know, sitting at the lunch table in high school. I mean, there's, he's got one of the cleanest, if not the cleanest like record that you can imagine for a guy with that much, focus on him i think you know, that pisses to, to,
0: sam off more than anything
1: no i respect that <laughs> No, no, i do i mean think about the expectations and on this guy
2: a lot know. of people say that every time we have this conversation yeah, it's oh, so dude,
1: funny
0: okay. no no no
2: keep it, going it, he it, just, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. fine because like it is true and then i don't think we think about that enough well yeah. i
1: don't want you to hate me like i'll lay yeah. off a little bit but i think that's pretty impressive that he's been able to you know sort of stay out of trouble i guess and you know Stay on the court, um, the way he has over the course of his career is, I guess you could say, admirable. I mean, if if, if you know if I'm a, a parent with a kid growing up, I I can't say LeBron James would be the worst player to you know sort of look up to when you consider some of the other options that are out there. So, anyways,
0: no, yeah, it's just that's my spiel. It's it's so funny because Sam is. Like we couldn't be more opposite on the topic. Like I, I don't, I don't give a shit about LeBron. Like I, I respect the greatness, like you said, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, like he obviously beat the Celtics a lot, so you, you can't right. love the guy for that. But Sam, it's like it's like this undying hatred. So as soon as LeBron came <laughs> up and the Lakers matchup is here, it's just it's it's the perfect time to bring it yeah. up because it's well, he, we'll, he, so he is the never,
2: ultimate we'll Celtics villain part. too. Yeah, because he, yeah. he now he plays for the Lakers too. Like it, you just you can't write it better than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. I mean it, it it's it's crazy the way all that shaped out. And I remember two years ago when the Lakers sucked and he, it was his first year on the team. And like it, he, that was, that looked oh, like was he was going, heaven. it looked like he made a huge mistake, right? For, for I was in there,
2: heaven. I mean. Yeah. And I, mean, I even was, said it before he <laughs> signed. Like I was, you know, I wasn't doing any of this, but <laughs> I was like, dude, like please sign there. You won't win anything like with this yeah. team. I mean, and they didn't even make the playoffs. So I was like, Oh my right. God. Like, it looked like he flow. was,
1: yeah, but you know we should have known better because he had it all figured out, right? He knew he was going to get Anthony Davis over there, and he barely played that season. You know, it was like, man, what's what is happening? And then flash forward a year a year before, and there, you know, he's raising another another championship. So he but, had figure it figured out. We should have known better, but it, that was a fun that was a fun year to at least pile it on. I actually, remember when they were in Boston? Um, the Lakers that was, were in Boston. Was a nightmare. Yeah. And that was like, that was, he had said something about like, you know, I don't have anything left to prove and, and all this stuff. And I actually asked, I actually asked him about the comments, um, pre, uh, post game. And he tried to catch me thinking that like, I didn't know the whole quote, but I knew the whole quote. And it was pretty much what I said. It was, it was essentially, he was saying, you know, he was getting criticism for, you know, not playing as much or, or you know the team not playing well and he was and I think he said something along the lines of like I don't have anything left to play anything left to prove in this league Um, and I think a lot of people took that the wrong way especially in in LA and they were like wait a second like you know Kobe would never say something like that and and I think after that I think he started to really watch what he said and and you know, obviously things things turned around once once Anthony Davis came in there, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah,
0: not much you can do with Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the same team, I suppose. That's that's tough. But... I know. I know. You can't wait to see him whine tomorrow night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that's probably the wish- thing that gets me the most. And I, I don't like the Tatum does either. He's not off the hook. I hate when he whines too.
1: The whining is is painful. That that's probably the biggest knock on LeBron is is just like the entitlement out there that he feels he has and some of it's earned but it's just like nobody wants to watch you like complaining and pointing to the refs and pointing like in disbelief and i don't know if you guys have ever been to ai am sure you have a, a game against lebron in the garden but a lot of times when he is complaining he'll look up at the jumbotron to yeah see they just show him and they'll just keep it on him the whole time So they just <laughs> keep seeing him looking up at the jumbotron overnight everyone gets a good rides out of that i'll miss seeing that tomorrow it's it's not going to be you know, Celtics Lakers is great, but it's not going to feel the same without, you know, the way no, it's packed, you know. Of course, so. of course. There was a clip of
0: LeBron the other day. Uh, he, or Blake Griffin, flopped against him. And it was just Blake Griffin, like, laughing on the sidelines while LeBron messed yes. up at the Jumbotron. Yeah. Oh, so funny. <laughs>
1: that was last night, I think. Uh, yeah. Blake Griffin pretended to be, like, poked in the eye. Yeah. So like, <laughs> threw his head back. So, uh,
0: so funny. LeBron, LeBron. got a taste. LeBron had a a rough foul on Embiid the other day too. He got a flagrant one, right? I believe. Uh, he pushed Embiid like midair. It looked really Celtics bad killer. too. Like yeah. it looked
2: like Embiid really hurt himself. But then I saw mm-hmm. the game winner later in the night, and he was fine. So yeah, yeah, not, that was a great not game. Not too worried about. That
1: it. was a really good game. LeBron and and Embiid are two of my of uh, my on my list of guys that you have to see play in person. Like you just have to see it to really appreciate how they play. Embiid I is love just a Embiid. monster. Embiid a monster. Like it's crazy watching him in person because you're just like this guy is so big athletic like he just dunked it over somebody and then did a step back three-pointer like within two minutes of each other and it's like wow like he's just a physical like specimen out there if he can keep his head on straight and not you know he is very emotional I think like the word is out on him in terms of like trying to get under his skin there's a way of doing it I think teams are some teams are better at it than others the Celtics are pretty good at it I think and or they have been (laughs) not so much the last time the last couple times out but um. Yeah, he's he's a great player, and um, anytime you get a good matchup like LeBron and Embiid, and and you know guys like that, it's it's definitely worth the price of admission.
0: No, yeah, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> I, I actually, am – and Jack knows probably what I'm about to say. I think mm-hmm. Embiid would be a terrific Celtic because he has he has that. Uh, you know, he talks trash. He <laughs> yeah, he's got totally. the spirit of it, and I I would love it. He gets people fired up,
1: and I mean, I can't, I can't. I can't pick And I think I'm he's happy.
2: hilarious too. Like yeah, he's such he is a, funny. he's a prick but he's a prick in a good way. <laughs> like he's funny.
0: He's not like a right. whiny like mm. prick. I mean, t- 21 free throws. He's got to be a little bit whiny, right? That that was He ridiculous. I mean, he
1: whines. All, all, all he whines all the stars do. That's the it's unfortunate part of the NBA and so why a, a lot of people don't like the NBA. If you're not a if you're not an NBA guy, that's one of the reasons why you're not is because you don't mm-hmm. like the players, um, you know, they're like sort of like diva status that Mm -hmm. they have and the way that they complain and the way that they whatever form form try to form super teams and things so I can see why I can see that aspect of it but yeah Embiid I mean when he's on his game and like focused and just like yeah he can he can be really funny off the court but when he's when he's on on the court I mean if he's got his energy going he's pretty hard to stop regardless of who you are
0: no I mean it we saw that in that two game series against the the Celtics he was yeah Like you said, a monster. I mean, you just can't stop him. You can throw a Daniel Tyson, Tristan Thompson at him as much as you want, but uh, there's not much you can do. Uh, Wrapping back around, the Celtics just lost to the San Antonio Spurs, an unfortunate game, a real game of runs, honestly. You know, Celtics started off hot, and the Spurs and the Celtics, back and forth, just teams going on Mm -hmm. runs. Are you concerned after that loss, or do you just chalk it up as another tough game that the Celtics probably should have won, but it's not the end of the world?
1: Yeah, I don't get concerned this early in the season. There's just too many ups and downs, and good games, bad games, ebbs and flows. So that second quarter was abysmal. That was just yeah. awful. I think Brad. I think I saw Brad Stevens even walked off the court like before it even ended, like and the finals. He didn't even see Tatum's last turnover, which I don't blame him. I mean, it was one of those things where it was like, what just happened? Like it was all of a sudden they they were up three, and all of a sudden they were down like thirteen in mm-hmm. a matter of like three minutes, and it was. I actually put a little i actually put a little bet on the Celtics in the second half, um like plus six, I won the bet, no big deal, but I was like there's no way they play that poorly again, like they're gonna have to claw- little claw back in this game, sure enough they did they took the lead and it kind of went back and forth for a bit, which is more of the Celtics that I think we're all used to seeing um but was that concerned no i think I think a little i think maybe disappointed is a good word or yeah you know if if you're a little frustrated by it um they're still going to be working out some kinks. I mean, Kemba Walker looks good, but he's still trying to acclimate him, reacclimate himself back into into the offense. Um, there's going to be pros and cons to that, as I'm sure we all know. And I thought that they didn't. Who's that dude that kind of got hot for the Spurs? Kelvin um, Johnson. I'm blank yeah yeah <laughs>
2: that was unbelievable <laughs> that by the way yeah.
1: like this guy coming out of the clear blue like all of a sudden he looks like Kawhi leonard out there i mean ridiculous they you they, you gotta put somebody you gotta stop those before you know that's like the x-factor type player i mean the spurs turned the ball over like 20 20 plus times yeah. in the game yeah. i mean if that happens you have to win that game that that never happens you know so for them not to be able to take advantage of that was definitely disappointing pointing um but I wouldn't say I'm concerned. I mean, if we're in you know late March or something, and they putting they're putting performances together like that, um, then yeah, I'll, I'll be concerned. Um, I get a little bit more concerned about like maybe positions. Like I'm still mm-hmm. not sure what's going on at the center spot. Uh, some of the rotations are interesting. But, um,
0: a lot of experimenting there. A lot of experimenting lot of with those rotations.
1: So I was,
0: feel like Thompson's
2: was... working his way out of the lineup because Tyson's been Ooh. pretty great lately, and so is Robert Williams. Yeah.
1: It feels that way, doesn't it? Um, I don't know socks. what happened to Chifston Thompson's offense. I mean, yeah. we've talked about this on our shot. It feels like he can barely get off the ground. Like, his vertical is, like, negative. I think he actually goes further into the court. <laughs> it's, so, yeah, it's, it's ugly. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I'm not sure. And they brought him in to, to be a physical presence down low, to be able to guard guys like Embiid. You know, Ironic. not that it's easy. Not that it's easy, but... Um, it's you know he's his he's so limited right now in offense where you almost would rather throw rob out there and just see what you got um uh, I, I wish that they played rob a little bit more i mean i think he only played 13 minutes last game and he's not averaging much more than that uh, um so for me it's like you want to see what you have in rob if you want to build his value up you got to play him and whenever he plays i mean sure there's a couple instances where he'll get torched on the defensive end but I think he's helping you more than he's certainly helping you more than he's hurting you when he's out there. So I'd like to see those minutes tick up. If that's at the expense of Thompson, then so be it. I liked the Thompson signing when it happened. I thought it was um, a good, a good piece. You know, they are obviously a smaller team down there. Um, But so far I would say it hasn't worked out um, to the best that it could have. Um, I was totally on the Turner. Like if it was Turner, Mm -hmm. if it was, if that Turner deal was real, from the start I was beating that Turner drum and it seemed like everybody else was all about Thompson. So I I mean, I was, again, I was fine with Thompson. I don't think it came down to that decision. I would be shocked if it did. I can't, I can't imagine Danny Ainge choosing that route over the other, but if that's what it was, that's what it was. But, um, you know, Thompson, I'm not giving up on him. Um, He's a veteran. He can play. I don't know if he's still a little hampered um, from whatever injuries he had coming into the year. But I like what he adds to the veteran presence. He's a you know he wanted, he won a ring with LeBron, so he knows what it takes. And maybe he's helping behind the scenes. Maybe he's helping on uh, Rob a little bit or, or or whatnot.
2: I'd imagine he he looks like he's really <clears throat> you know enthusiastic. Anytime yeah. he's on camera, mm-hmm. he looks like he's happy to be seeing other guys play well. I, he's not a problem. I just no. wish he was playing better, which you know it's unfortunate because I was I excited wish... about it too. I was like, oh, like that's the guy that's really going to help him out. He, he's physical. He's a little bit. Like bigger physically, maybe not vertically, but it was like, oh, that's like a really, really good deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it seemed like a good deal, right? In two years, whatever it was, 18 million or something like that. I'd like to get the Kardashians in the sidelines too for some games if Mm. we can get back into the stadium. Publicity. A nice nice bonus. Get some star power back in the garden, you know? Oh,
0: yeah. Bring the whole family. (laughs) Film some
1: episodes. (laughs) No, I mean, bring, bring the rest.
0: No, yeah. I mean, speaking of players that haven't lived up to their expectation, you know, new signing Jeff Teague, <laughs> what, what's going on? Like, I mean, I hate to segue like that. That ship but. has sailed for me. What, it's we'll like, get what, there. what is happening? You got an explanation for that, Jimmy? Do you have any ideas?
1: uh I have to. I'm very close to apologizing on, on camera for for my Jeff Teague love. When that signing happened, I was pumped. I mean, it was a low cost, low risk. I mean, French he looked signing. great to
0: start. He looked fine.
1: Oh, he looked awesome. I was like, I was like rubbing it in everyone's faces. I was like, oh, I told you Teague was going to be a great signing, and now it's like, whoops, may have spoke too soon. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, again, another similar to Tristan Thompson. You know, a veteran, been around for a while, has had plenty of success in the league has killed the Celtics on a number of occasions um, and had a, somewhat of, a, of a, a history with Brad Stevens, nothing crazy, but they knew of each other. Brad Stevens, you know, I read a good article. I think it was from Chris Forsberg who kind of explained their, um, their past and tried how to recruit him Brad to Butler, Stevens. right? Yeah. tried to recruit him there. He like, yeah, he told
2: him to basically pay attention in school and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. was really he, he was
1: like, stop being an idiot. and uh, <laughs> Go to class. But, um, yeah, for whatever – it it comes down to the shots, right? I mean, that he's yeah. not hitting his shot, and I guess he's – He doesn't have
2: any arc on his shot. Moving it's so weird. Much. It's like Chandler Parsons. Yeah, I think that might be why it doesn't go in, to be honest <laughs> with you.
1: I mean, let's be real. When when Pritchard comes back, I oh, mean, yeah. he's healthy. I mean, we're not going to see – we probably won't see a whole lot of Jeff Teague. Um, so that's more of a – I think it's more of a just a stopgap until, until the future um, – First-team All-NBA, point guard Mm -hmm. comes back and pit in prison. You know it's bad bad
2: when I want Carson Edwards out there instead of you. That's what I was going to say next. Oh, Samuel has sure been good there, since yeah. he retweeted the porn but before that he really did not impress
0: me <laughs> yeah in so later. what happened
1: there well, I, I saw something about that but I think he I said he it.
0: got hacked but he he retweeted yeah. three just porn videos on twitter like just there was no way around it
1: there were literally <laughs> just
0: videos of porn that were re- retweeted from his account and i mean <laughs> well, like is, sam said ever know. since he's a baller so
1: i don't know hey, maybe he just needed a little something something to get himself going you know
0: yeah, and what what I wanted to ask about that I actually had that on my list. What do you make of those minutes? Is he just trade bait at this point? And they're building up that value, or does he have actual value for this team? Yeah, Carson Edwards.
1: No, he's not trade bait. He he's not a treatable asset. Um, really? At all? Really? No. I mean, I can't. I mean, what what's his value? It's up to a team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that. I guess. <laughs> to, I mean, the only thing you're the only reason you're including him in a trade is if you're a couple dollars off on yeah. you know, matching some some sort of salary. I mean, I think. Listen, I mean, they're they're using him for the same reason we're talking about. You know, Jeff Teague and every and Peyton Pritchard being out and and you know things like that. I mean, he he can provide you a little spark offensively. Um, it's probably not as often as would like. I mean, certainly, I remember him at Purdue. You know, absolutely lighting it up in that tournament. Um, you don't expect this, to see that in the NBA, obviously, but um, I think he's capable of helping out from time to time. But again, he's a end of he's an end of rotation slash out of rotation guy. There's no there's no real trade value for the for him there. And yeah. Brad's you know Brad's not that's I don't believe that's why Brad's playing him because he's Brad's trying to win the game. I mean, if he didn't think mm-hmm. he was capable of helping, he wouldn't be in the game. I mean, you, again, you if you're another team, you're not like mm, let's just take a look at this <laughs> guy. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I don't I don't really see that. I mean, when you're talking about um, you're talking about buyout options after the deadline. And such. Bobby Manning on our on our podcast thinks that Jeff Teague is the first guy out. I mean, he's a guy that would, be. just a JS. So, um, in that sense, you know, maybe. Brown wants to make sure that he's got some suitable some suitable options if, if that were to be the case.
0: No, um, yeah I mean that makes sense. With Pritchard and <coughs> even Carson at this point, plus you have Kemba back, there's no real need for Teague, which is unfortunate because I mean in the preseason he looked like he was going to be the savior uh to our three pointing woes. But uh
1: Yeah I mean he still shoots fine
0: why. but it's just
1: it's yeah just I rough. mean he's you know he is again his role is to be now anyways like Mm -hmm. third or fourth guard off the bench so i mean if he can come in and give you and give you you know he just needs to come in and get the ball to listen it's not right go in the game and get the ball to Jalen brown jason tatum kemba you know probably won't be out there with kemba but get the ball to the guys who can score if you're not if your shots are on there's plenty of other guys whose shots are so just do that you know so. No, yeah, it,
0: it's That's my take. He's got to just, I, in my opinion, stick to the three-point line. I mean, very clearly yep. by your efficiency, you're not great shooting the ball within the arc. But, uh, anyways, the Celtics have had a, a variety of, I would say, issues <laughs> this year. They're still obviously a great basketball team, but they've had their their uh, places where they've struggled. You know, defensively have been an issue. Uh, yeah. Trouble with turnovers. But in my opinion, I want to know if you share the same sentiment, Sammy Too, uh, it's got to be just not being able to close out games. Like their offense just dies. Like they just can't score in the fourth quarter. And, and actually, um, all all Celtics fans everywhere after, <clears throat> excuse me, the Raptors and Heat series last year were complaining that the Celtics were a terrible third quarter team. And I think that that thought process has transferred into this season when in reality, I was doing some research and I wrote an article about it. Um, Celtics are one of the best third quarter teams in the NBA. Like percentage wise, they're top scoring or up there. Best field goal percentage, middle of the pack three point percentage, but still. And then in the fourth quarter, bottom five in scoring, bottom five in field goal percentage, bottom mm-hmm. five in three point percentage. Like it's just such a drastic drop off that what's the problem there? Like the biggest thing I found was Jalen uh, Brown's playing more minutes in the third, like by three minutes, which is a lot for a quarter. But what is that problem there? Is it a mentality thing? What do you think about that? Talking about the fourth quarter now? Yeah, like why would Celtics yeah. just can't close so, out games.
1: Yeah, so that <clears throat> that happened in the playoffs last year, right? Remember they would go so cold down the stretch of games, especially I remember in that heat series. There was nobody it seemed like it and again, I don't know if this is if this is a player issue or a coaching issue, but it seems like there's no go to guy down the stretch that I'm not gonna say they don't want the ball, but that expects the ball and expects to be the one that's taking over. There's no takeover guy and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Cause in the NBA, you need more than one guy anyways. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of the nets since they got hardened, but um, you know, having three absolute studs down the stretch can be a good thing and a bad thing. You know, it's still only one ball, but at the same time, you've got plenty of options in order to score. Um, but I think it's a mentality thing. Um, these guys are still, kind of young um obviously Tatum is is young and Brown's not you know he's pretty young too 24 so i don't know if it's just an experience it's just being in those situations longer if it's if it is just guys just sticking to their jobs um you know we we've, we've talked about Marcus Smart sometimes um, I don't want to say overstepping his bounds, but I think you guys know what I mean. Sometimes some of the shots or decisions that he makes um, can negatively impact the mm-hmm. team. I'm not going to put every loss on yeah. Marcus Smart like some people do, because <laughs> I do think he's pretty important to where the team can go. But there are certain certainly games where he's shooting more than you'd like him like him to, or he's, I guess I should say, missing more than you'd like him to. Um but if I could point, I, can I point to one specific reason why they're why they're not stepping up to the plate late in the games? I don't think I could. I just think it's more of an experience thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that center position again, it, it's a very it's it's a unique, uniquely done on the Celtics. It's, it's very hybrid. You know, if Tice is in there, you really don't have a guy that traditional center, right? Mm-hmm. So does that change the way that the teams play defense on them? Are they pressing up more? Are they, you know, not worried about, um, you know, certain aspects of, you know, cuts or, or a guy that's just going to sit in the middle and grab any, and grab any offensive board. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, But I'm going to, I'm just going to chalk it up to execution and experience. Uh, I Mm -hmm. just think the more of it they get, the better off they'll be. I mean, I I, I go back to, again, the playoff series last year uh, in Miami when they went so cold for stretches Um, Jalen Brown was like standing in the corner, like not really getting involved in, in, in the offensive flow down the stretch. So I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I mean, Brown, we haven't even mentioned him, but he's taken such a massive leap um, yeah, um in the bubble. And then, and then again, where I feel like he is a, him, him and Tatum are, are the types of guys that would, would not be afraid to sort of take over down the stretch, especially Brown. Brown's really like, Stepped up in my eyes and almost like feels like he, he really rises to the occasion in some of these big uh situations. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to see later on as we get through the season.
0: No, yeah, I mean Jalen Brown's been nothing short of an all-star, which is kind of what I wanted to talk about next. So it's a nice little segue there. All star nice. voting is now open, you know. Hashtag NBA All-Star on Twitter. Uh mention your favorite players, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Hell, get Shemi in there too, you know, just get the whole roster. Why but not?
1: Get Taco in there. Every,
0: <laughs> everybody's got to be in the All-Star game. But uh, no, I mean, I would argue Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both deserve spots this year. Um, a lot of competition now at the guard spot with James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Some people have Jalen Brown, like they say, he deserves to be a starter. Some people say as far as, oh, he shouldn't be in because of, you know, various reasons and they're stupid. But uh, <laughs> what do you think is going to end up happening. Do you think they'll both be All-Stars? Is that is it a, a foreseeable future at this point? Or Jalen yeah. Brown
1: is it, Brown's a sure... Fu- you mean this season? Yeah, or right
0: now. Season? Is Jalen Brown going to get voted in?
1: Yeah. Jalen Brown, to me, deserves an All-Star nod more than Jason Tatum does. I agree. I mean, don't, don't forget Tatum just missed, what, two weeks? Yeah. Two plus weeks. Uh, the way Jalen Brown's been playing, um, if, if, if I could only get one of them in, I'm voting for Jalen Brown. That is to say that I don't think Tatum's good enough to make the All Star team. But um, I'd have to really look at look around the rest of the Eastern Conference and see which other guys have, um, you know, are comparable and and you know Stads games played and everything. But maybe it's just me. But I mean, Jason Tatum. I have no I have no concerns about Jason Tatum. But yeah. he hasn't like really wowed me.
0: No. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's
1: been a few games where he has. But on, and I'm not like, oh, there's Jason Tatum, share fire All Star this year. You know what
0: I mean? Mm-hmm no yeah i mean the, it's the funny you mention that because what is he at
2: 26 points per game or yeah. something like that i know yeah. <laughs> i feel about
1: saying, that. feel bad saying that. maybe that's a good thing maybe it's just like oh yeah Jesus him, he's gonna get you 26 a game now but like
2: <sighs> it, it reminds me of when isaiah was really like on fire and he had that streak where he was scoring like 20 points every night for like i don't know like 70 games or however yeah. long he did it and like yes. we just kind of took it for granted like oh yeah like he got 20 points <laughs> big deal like 20 points is like hard to do it's, yeah. it's not easy <laughs> oh, it's I, wild. and
1: again like if Jason Tatum's named the all-star game I, I'm certainly not going to be shocked but for me it's like Jalen Brown's and Jalen Brown's an easy one for me this year I mean where where his where oh, career agree. takes where his career takes him I I couldn't say I mean I never felt that Jalen that Brown was going to be a surefire all-star every year so I'm not going to just go say that now but the way he's played this year the way he stepped up and I know they haven't you know won all the games but he's certainly given them a shot in majority if not all of them um and the way he's like i said the way he's played i think anyone who's watching the team he's playing like mm-hmm. close to a top 10 player this year no like yeah closer to closer to 10 obviously but like <laughs> the fact that he's you know in that in that area um he's an easy all-star choice for me Tatum again if if he played if he played you know if he didn't get covid it's not his fault but if he didn't get it i'm sure that he's putting up good numbers and having good games and he's probably making a good case for himself as an all-star player too. So is there still time for him to? Yeah, absolutely. But if I'm going one or the other right now, it's Jalen Brown.
0: Yeah, I got to I got to agree. I mean, more points, arguably the most consistent Celtics since the beginning of last season. I think there was no argument yeah. for oh, definitely. Brown to be in the all-star game over Tatum last year, even. But <clears throat> I mean, on the scale of national attention, that's just Tatum. It's always going to be Tatum. And I think Brown's fine with that. Honestly, I like it better that way, you know, let him, fade into the background and just put up what is he averaging 27 28 points right now something ridiculous so yeah perfectly fine i think his
1: his star is is elevating like he's becoming more and more talked about. i think um you know with all the um the crazy stretch of time between the season halting and the bubble like he really stepped up i thought like off the court so i think Mm -hmm. he Not, I don't think he did it for this reason, but I think his his like he only did
2: to be recognized.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. So I think his star kind of went up there a little bit, and he's sort of just like I don't I don't know if that the two are connected, but he's really kind of grown up, I guess you could say, on the court since um since that stretch of time where they weren't playing. So yeah, I mean, and again, I mean, Tatum, when you look at when you look at like his his size and like his just raw talent. I mean, like you can, the world is kind of his oyster, right? I mean, it, as long as he keeps his head on straight, I, I, I have no concerns about him, you know, just being like one of those guys where you just sort of pencil in for the all-star game every year for the next, you know, yeah. 10 plus years, yeah, uh, yeah. but he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay on the court.
0: Of course. Of course. And you mentioned competition for both of them. And I know Sam's going to hate this next question that I ask you because Sam, uh, <laughs> if you don't know, hates trades, you know, absolutely despises trades. Not a big trade. um, you
1: hate all trades.
0: I don't hate all the trades, idea but of hypothetically it. Yeah. talking about trades is very oh, difficult
2: okay, for me yeah, to totally be like yeah, all yeah, right.
1: Sure.
0: see that yeah, but um competition for the Austrian game you mentioned. Obviously one of the best players in the NBA right now, I'd argue, is Bradley Beale down in the mm with the three and 11 Washington Wizards who are (laughs) struggling to say the least at the moment. And every time I feel like I tune in to, you know, Instagram, Twitter, ESPN, anything I'm watching, it's just a picture of Bradley Beal just looking so sad, just like (laughs) so so upset with the situation. And I I feel like a move has to be imminent, right? Like with the James Harden thing, obviously Brad uh Beal's not forcing his way out of there at the moment, but it, it, there's got to come a point where he's just like, all right, I got to get out of here. And obviously, all Celtics fans in the world, whenever they see that, are like, okay, we got to go get that guy. And especially mm-hmm. you know, with the connection to Jason Tatum, St. Louis, the best friends, they, they want Bradley Beal. But realistically, uh, it'd take a lot for that to happen. So um, A, I'll, I'll ask you, do you think a Celtics trade is, if in, in any way possible, would you do it? And B, I'll ask you: Where else do you think Bradley Beal could get traded to?
1: Sure. So, first question: Do I think Bradley Beal could be traded to the Celtics? Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to get Bradley Beal is if you give up Jalen Brown. Yeah. So, realistically, the real question is: Would you trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal? And my answer is a no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not even really a. That's not even really a knock on Bradley Beal. i mean, one of the best scorers, if not. You know, he's showing. To be like maybe the be best pure scorer right now in the NBA, but mm-hmm. what Jalen Brown gives you at his age, um, his leadership skills, um, just his all around ability, the, the the growth he's shown, and I, I think that he still has more more. He's I mean again he's another guy where I don't even know where the limit is on on his potential. So listen you you have you have maybe the best young duo in the NBA right now, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, and that's something that you can have for at least the next you know three four years and most likely more if you can get these guys re-signed which i don't know why theoretically you should be able to as long as you're putting together a good product and nothing crazy happens so when you have such a young great duo you don't you don't look to get rid of it you know you there's maybe a couple players in the nba where you would pick up the phone on bradley beal for as good as he is i'm not sure if i want like best I don't sure if I want like the whole Jason Tatum Bradley Beal best buddy connection. I don't know what that means for like the rest of the team. Are these guys just going to be, you know, doing off, off doing their own thing? Are they going to be playing favorites? Is Bradley Beal going to be taking you know twenty percent more of the shots away from Jason Tatum, who I'd rather see, you know, evolve and develop? So it's a cool thought. It's it's fun to, fun to think about those two playing together, but I don't know if it's possible. Um, I really don't. And I I don't know. I I certainly wouldn't. I don't believe Danny Ainge would consider that trade if Jalen Brown's involved. And Mm -hmm. I certainly wouldn't. I mean, if you can figure out a way to get rid of Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart or whatever, maybe. But I can't imagine why the Wizards would ever even want those players. I mean, if they're getting rid of Beal, they want... you know, young studs. They want draft picks. They want something like you know, similar to what the Nets just did. Um, what, sorry, what the Rockets just did to yeah, get rid of So again, it goes back to tradable assets. If you're the Celtics, you don't have many. I mean, you just mentioned Carson Edwards earlier, like not a tradable <laughs> asset. The only tradable assets they have are guys that are well. They really don't have that many tradable assets. They have assets, <laughs> but you don't want to trade them. Yeah, so yeah. like, like Jason, Jason Tatum and Jaylen Brown are amazing assets, but you're not going to trade them. Um, you know, Marcus Smart, I think, is a tradable asset, but again, he's the type of player that maybe a, t- a team that's trying to win goes after. You know, a rebuilding team's—I don't know why they would be looking to trade for Marcus Smart. Rob Williams, Peyton Pritchard, those guys have, have certainly have the ability to become tradable assets, but they never play Rob Williams. So, what really? What's his value? I mean, you're not going to get a star player for Rob Williams. Yeah. You're not going to get anything for Peyton Pritchard um, at this point. That doesn't just say something you couldn't. But then it gets to the point where it's okay wait a second, do I want to trade them if they become good? if Rob Williams all of a sudden becomes really good, do you want to trade them so that's sort of the I guess the back and forth where you have to play um when you t- when you start talking and that's probably why some people hate trade talk so much because there's so many what ifs to them um I, you know if, if i'm looking if I'm looking around the league and I see teams that could Need a scorer like that, man. Yeah, that's tough. When you when you bring in a guy like Beal, like he pretty much changes like your office. entire team. Yeah, I mean the Spurs. I don't know the Spurs. I mean, they, if we just played a team like the Spurs. Then, you <laughs> yeah. Know, are, are they looking for instant offense? Um,
0: the one sneaky idea I had was Indiana. I feel like that'd be interesting. So I,
1: I looked at Indy. Man, I love Indy. I loved Indy I before the season started. I loved him with Oladipo. I still like them without Oladipo. I mean, obviously with Levert. That Lavert crazy situation. I mean, scary, so scary. It's scary. I mean, it's 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 awesome that they found it, but yeah. it's hard to say that they're you know better off right now after that trade. No, oh, um, yeah, of course, until he comes back or whatnot. But I still like Indy. I think they're a hard nosed team. Uh, Miles Turner's doing his thing. I mean, they're doing everything without Warren right now too. I mean, when Warren comes yeah. back, that'll be yeah. a nice nice addition back. So um, that I mean, Indy's not a bad a bad landing spot, but again, are you you're you're going to have to give up. Good, are you gonna, you're not going to give up some bonus. I, you mean, know what I mean, so like
0: the thought I had was maybe you throw in. I think it worked out like Miles Turner, Jeremy Lamb, Aaron Holiday, and then a bunch of firsts. And I, I mean, that's two young yeah. assets for Washington. I, I don't know. I, I was sure. just no, thinking. It's possible.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, it, if it gets to the point where where Washington has to make a trade, then they technically won't be able, in a position no, of yeah. too much power. If all of a sudden feels like I want out, it happens a lot in the NBA. I mean, if he's like I want out of here, they don't have. You know, tons of power to you know get what they want. I mean, maybe the Knicks. How about the Knicks out of nowhere? You know, I <laughs> yeah, know I mean, they've got why not? Offer, but the New York he would, be would be going kind of from electric. one
2: situation to the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it would be an awful. It would end awful for for everybody involved, but it would still be funny to watch at least. Oh, I'd be hilarious. I did um, see. Yeah, I mean, some of these they,
2: fans would be over the moon.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. they'd still
2: lose. They still wouldn't so probably funny. even make the playoffs. I mean, or, or I mean, Orlando's
1: I, a team that is like, they're never going to be good enough as constructed. But, did, piece and then away. do they even have the yeah, Jazz? Do they even have, maybe,
0: but they're good yeah. right now. The Jazz are good right now. So, the Jazz are good. I mean, they don't want to change. I mean, Denver, if you want to take a jazz risk, jazz. go all offense yeah. in Denver. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, know. you got
1: Murray there. <laughs> the joker i mean sorry you got um
0: porter yokich yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. you got
0: assets depends on what you yeah, want to you move.
1: But, but i mean J- joker's going nowhere I mean. no of course yeah i mean that's the thing it's like it's tough it's tough when players of that caliber become available because it's so hard to match the value without you know demolishing your team you know
0: so, or your draft stock, I mean, like the Nets did for years and years and years. <laughs> but, I mean, what was that? I said, or your draft stock, like the Nets exactly. have for yeah. years. I mean, if
1: you're the Nets, like I mean, you you took a massive, massive gamble with with Harden, and I mean, you sold out. Um, we'll see what happens. I guess. If, though. if they win championship, it was worth it. But if they don't, you're going to have the same exact situation that you just had when when they traded with the Celtics. You know, mm-hmm. they depleted themselves, and that was kind of that. See, it didn't we'll work see what out, happens. Obviously. I don't
0: know. It, we it's chill. weird. They, I mean. I saw something. It's like they didn't have control of a first round pick, or they had control of one first round pick uh, mm. from 2013 to 2027. 20, and that first round pick was Jared Allen, who they also traded. They dumped. So, yeah. It's wild. I mean, they had
1: so the thing about the Nets and like why I thought the Nets were going to be so good this year is just their death. I mean, they had two kids. Yeah. They he got they had rid two, of it. They had, yeah, between Dinwiddie and LaVert, they had like two six men of the year candidates. Uh-huh. Obviously, Dinwiddie went down, but. Going into the year, I mean, I thought they were stacked. I mean, they were Durant, Kyrie, yeah, and then I, yeah, I should have started but,
0: Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan. That was wild to me. I don't get that. That
1: was wild. And I I thought that was something that would have just happened over time, but obviously yeah. the entire makeup of the team changed. And Kyrie Irving, do, being Kyrie Irving, I think I don't know if that scoops <laughs> in a little bit. I don't know if they're probably like, like Kate. Yeah, like Katie's not going to sit around while. Well. You know, with this roster, if if Kyrie Irving's not showing up to work, so maybe that played a part in it. I mean, I know Durant obviously signed off on on what happened. They wouldn't have made this deal without making sure he was cool with it. So they're just gonna ride it out now. I mean, it, I'll be honest. I mean, when when Kyrie Irving's playing his game, he's unreal. He's so good. I mean, that was the frustrating part of him in Boston is that you just dealt with so much BS where you're just like, dude, can you just just play basketball and be you like? <laughs> Like just, Imagine
2: if he did that here. Imagine if he just yeah. like, stopped stop showing up, how mad people would have been. Oh, that
1: here, I mean, yeah. basically he did stop showing up. Like, yeah, in the playoffs. For intents and purposes. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. And then, you know, injuries and whatnot. I mean. And now, a quick word
0: from our sponsor.
1: That, uh, oh, a, we don't need to, we don't need to go. Yeah, that's <laughs> a whole other
0: rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the last thing I kind of wanted to bring up before, um, Sam does his uh Celtics what do you call them Celtics fan questions at the end of every episode so okay. we'll we'll run through those but for, before we do that uh I want to wrap back around to what we started talking about at the beginning uh Celtics take on the Lakers tomorrow uh obviously LeBron AD a revamped uh, bench unit are they mm-hmm. starting Schroeder and Harrell? but uh yeah, I mean they they revamped their whole roster. They're looking really really good this year. They just lost to Philly, but um, still obviously the reigning champ. So what's the key to taking on the Lakers? The Celtics played them really well last year, but it's a whole new beast this year. So what what's the key to to winning? Sure, I mean the... it's a loaded question, but
1: <laughs> well, I mean the, the obvious answer is you know they're going to go as far as LeBron and AD and AD take them. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but I'll tell you what. They're they're better this year than last year. I know they're not in the oh. first place this year or anything, but but Schroeder's Schroeder's was like the most like under. I thought I thought it was the most like underrated, under talked about signing of the <clears> entire <throat> offseason. when he signed with the Lakers. I was like, holy shit! Like that is a legit piece that they just got on their team. Like they lost Rondo and like they just like replaced him with Schroeder. Like that's unbelievable. That's like a younger Rondo as far as I'm concerned. So I think it's it's the it, Schroeder's a huge one. Um, to me you know when when he's affecting the game moving the ball around whipping it around and and and, you know doing his thing on offense I think a lot of times that's the difference I mean LeBron and AD are going to do do them there's really no stopping them you can only sort of try to slow them down a little bit Um, I don't know what they're going to do about Davis I really don't Um, and this this is an uh, a reoccurring issue every time the Celtics play a team with a, a very talented big man you know, we we sit here asking the same questions. I mean, these yeah. are the teams that they they're going to need to get by too. So you've got mm-hmm. Embiid in Philly, you've got Bam in Miami, you've got Davis in LA. Like, how do you expect? I mean, now you can go. You look at Indy now too, with you know Sabonis, Sabonis yeah. and Turner. Like, I mean, these are the teams that you need to beat to get to where you want to go, and you still don't really have you're plugging in, you're plugging and playing every game. Like you, we're still talking. We're, like it's a problem when we're when we're like looking to see who's starting. You know what I mean? Like we have yeah, no idea yeah. Brad's going to start at that position. Like which way is he going to go? The two big lineups not working. Is he going to switch it or is he not? Like, the two big At some lineup. point, yeah, at some <laughs> point you need to have like a firm, you know, I don't want to over, overstate like starting because I think that's a little overrated because it's really, what's really important is who's finishing games, but yeah. it just goes to show that they don't feel super comfortable with that position. So, I'm not sure what you're going to do tomorrow night against against you know a guy a guy like Davis or LeBron. If is LeBron going to just bully his way around the court? But if you can limit guys like Schroeder, if you can you know get a guy like maybe get a guy like Harrell in tr- foul trouble early on, and and um, you know get get Marcus in the game. I know Marcus is having a little bit of a better year this year, but he looked so damn bad uh, in Toronto in the playoffs. <laughs> where he was my favorite I, Raptor in that series. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was going to retire. I thought he was going to retire at halftime of one of the games. You know, like. I'll never forget he showed up to like the next game, like he shaved his head. Like I can just picture him like just in the hotel or in his <laughs> at his house just being like I got I like I'm going crazy like he just like takes the buzzer to his head, you know, like Britney Spears or something. Jeez. So I don't I don't know. I mean I think to answer your question is it is you gotta sort of try to take out the the role players because I think LeBron and Davis are gonna are gonna do their thing.
0: No, yeah. Anthony Davis is a whole different beast. Obviously, I th- think you said this last time, Sam. Uh, and banged down low in the post, but Davis has expressed, you know, very little interest in doing that. As of late, I feel like he mm-hmm. likes to be on the perimeter almost a little too much, and so I brought up the idea of you know <laughs> throwing Jalen Brown on him. Obviously, Brown guards Siakam, who is very different than, than Anthony Davis, but still he shows sure. the ability to guard the big guys. It's just you, you got to slow him down. It's like with Giannis in the East; like you just got to try to contain them. You can't really do anything to stop them exactly. Completely. So, what
1: do you guys think of Giannis?
0: I like Giannis. Giannis I, washed. Oh no, Sam. Come made on. Example, they made an example of him on opening night. Come on. <laughs> I'm just like of here. No, I think Giannis's I think Giannis great.
1: is obviously I mean we're not obviously he's talented. I just think he's kind of boring. Yeah? Like I his style it. of play to me is boring. Like it he's almost like it's sometimes too easy for him to like do what he wants to do, but it's like it's not an exciting style of basketball. And I think like whenever like the Celtics and and um bucks are playing each other like i'm way less fired up about that game than i am but like the sixers or the nets Mm -hmm. or the lakers or teams that have like players that can really like are electric almost and uh, i mean obviously Giannis will put his stats out there and he'll do his thing but i don't know it's just something about him like I'm, i'm just not like i understand he's super good and he's a superstar and he's you know gonna be but I just never get fired up for for watching a Giannis game. I don't
0: know. Well, I feel like the key to stopping Giannis, like this is going to sound like I'm an idiot, but the key to stopping Giannis is theoretically so simple, right? You just keep him at the perimeter, and when he comes inside, you try to draw, like you you either foul him, send him to the line, you draw a charge like Marcus Smart did, or you just like, like throw three bodies at him and then rotate to the shooters. But then he can just get to the rim anyways, like no matter like it's obviously not that right, simple. So it's just it's just rinse repeat for Giannis. He just gets the ball, he runs, he dunks, he goes back. He gets the ball, he yeah. runs it, it, I understand what you mean. It's very just repetitive when you watch. Yeah. So, so I will say take.
2: about Giannis gotta respect that he is trying to shoot. Unlike Ben Simmons, I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. No, I mean, like yeah, I yeah. see clips of Giannis airballing all the time, and I'm like, yeah, that kind of sucks. But like, at least he's doing it. You know, at least right. he's trying.
1: Man, because you the
2: there are that, times where he will hit a three, and it's like, dude, what the hell? Like, like, why God is he damn. making a three against the Celtics?
1: <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying, and like, I, I can't figure out. I can't figure out Simmons, man. He just needs to stop caring. I think about like that right there, like you just said, like. So do it now Simmons he still affects the game right yeah, I mean yeah. I almost Obviously. when he played against like when, yeah, when, when they when they played was it a week ago or whatever yeah yeah and that stretch he had in the fourth quarter there <sighs> it, like For he didn't real. have to shoot a three-pointer to like totally flip the script on that game but you would just think like if he could like yeah. how much freaking better would this guy be if you actually had to respect his outside shot even an 18-footer man like how about we start there like just you know take a step take a step outside the paint and like just see what happens like no one's gonna you know you're not gonna you're not gonna release you like you're not gonna you know I mean? <laughs> they are really like, telling him shoot yeah they're, they're asking begging him to. you and i like doc rivers i'm sure is begging him to to work on this and shoot and all that stuff and i i'm not giving up on the fact that i think it'll happen someday but i will say it, it is like something i've really never seen before like a player with this much skill. you're in the nba like shoot the ball man like you can't be that bad, can you? Like, <laughs> you must you must practice. I'm sure he practices it all the time, right? I mean, I'm sure yeah, that yeah. probably takes hundreds and hundreds of three pointers, you know, all the time. So, you know, try to add that to. I thought that for sure that that would have been something he would have added to his game this season with Doc Rivers, so, especially. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a little disappointing, but hey, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna coach him on and yeah. to do it if that's that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do, but. But you're right. I mean, Giannis will at least, you know, try take it like a man. You know, mm-hmm. along in the next play.
0: I mean, and yeah, the Sixers are good still. So I guess you can't you can't knock them too much because you don't you don't right. fix what's broken or you know if it ain't broke you don't fix it. Or whatever the saying is. Right. So and
1: they get Harris playing a lot better. Yeah, uh, so he's sort of taken off some of the pressure I think too of, of Simmons having to hit that outside shot. So.
0: Yeah, East is a scary place this year, man. The Sixers are good now. The, the, the Knicks are obviously contenders now with Julius Randle. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> outside of the jokes, though, the, the Bucks no, are good. Not, I'm not convinced the Knicks will ever be good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. A perennial really? bottom feeder. Uh, no, yeah, Pacers, Bucks, Sixers, obviously, then that's now. Uh, East is wild. Yeah. But I think the Celtics are Why still open? right at the top there, so uh it, it should be fun I'm excited for there to be you know obviously you can say there's parity in the league now except before that James Harden trade but the Nets can't play defense so yeah, there's still that. right no
1: it's like I couldn't tell you right now for sure like which two teams would be in Eastern exactly. Conference Finals, but I just feel like it, it could go so many different ways um exactly. you know and the Celtics are gonna I think they're gonna do everything they can to remain up near that top I mean at the deadline I don't know if they're gonna do anything crazy but they do have that TPE whether or not they get anything for it, we'll see, yeah, uh, but they're going they' they're going to wait as long as they can because they want to make sure that wh- whoever they acquire, if they're doing it for this year, they want to make sure it fills, it fills a need like if you mm-hmm. don't want to make that, a trade like that now and then you find out like okay, somebody goes down a month from now that you could have used it for that position instead, you know, so like I don't yeah. think that that's something that they're looking to do right now. I also don't think they're going to get anything right with it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, a role player at, at best. So, anybody who thinks that they're going to, you know, get, you know, Zach Levine or whoever, you know, I don't don't see that. Uh, Who's the guy in – here's another name that people have been floating out there. Drummond.
0: Andre Drummond. That one's huge. Drummond. People love uh, Drummond.
1: Gordon. Gordon.
0: Oh, Aaron Gordon. I
1: don't don't think he's that good anyways. He's. he's you couldn't get him even if – even though you don't think – like, you couldn't get a guy like that with the TPE. Again, it goes back to tradable assets. You just don't have him. The only way you'd be able to is if you started Rob Williams and he was like unbelievable for the next like two months. But then again, at that point, do you even want to trade exactly, him? Or are you like, yeah. well, like, they might have something. So it's just, the dude, answer really to that difficult. is no, you do not. <laughs> right. So it's going to be difficult for them to really swing something. Now I'm not going to ever going to, not going to ever count out. Ange and Zaren Cause those guys are, you know, they're good at what they do, but I would just, I just think it's going to be difficult for them. I mean, it's good that they got something if they were, if the, if the choice was, nothing so they got a tpe out of it great but we'll see if see what happens with it
0: no yeah it, it'll be interesting and like i said the east is wide open this year except for the raptors and the heat randomly falling off but you know they throw some of that up to COVID. Yeah. isn't annoying that annoying that miami east. sucks now <laughs> i mean they've been without it, butler dude, for a while so
1: it, it's crazy even jimmy butler hasn't been good <laughs> butler was <laughs> like never like butler was unbelievable for like a couple of games in that playoff run but even against the Celtics, like he was, it wasn't really him that was driving the force. I mean, he did everything so they needed him to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, I thought the Heat were going to be like the top team in the East this year, based on the way they they played in the bubble and all that stuff. But maybe it was just lightning in a bottle, you know. Uh, but yeah, like you said, injuries too. It's still early. I think they still sneak in the playoffs and make it difficult for one of those no, top yeah. seeds if, if they don't if they don't get up there themselves. <laughs>
2: the Celtics. I Celtics. Have to imagine. I want to deal up. with that again.
0: Um no, but oh, yeah, I know. It made me hate being a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's a also noted Tyler Hero hater, so um
2: Are
1: yeah.
0: you? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's
2: a prank. Sam hates a lot of picks. He's He's another one.
1: Yeah, you sound like you have a long list.
0: Sam has a long list. Do I have a long list? I do. I I
2: do. I just don't like I don't like I don't like Westbrook. I don't like I don't like That's Harden. Easy. I think that was I think he was a real prick and I wanted him to get traded to like Detroit so bad.
1: Me too. I'm, I'm with you on that one. The way Harden <laughs> went about that whole thing was complete garbage. Was he wearing a fat guy suit? That's like He had to. A he had something wild, right? Oh, the hot rumor in the streets that he was wearing a, like a, like layers underneath him to like make it look like he was a lot fat I don't know how that would work for him like now like <laughs> teams looking to trade for him think he's fat but anyways the whole that whole that whole saga was I mean and to see Cousins and Wall literally call him out like that you never see that in the you never I'm see glad, that. as crazy so as the glad. NBA is you never see players going after players like on a on a podium like that like their own teammates I'm glad they did right
0: though. he deserved it <laughs> I mean, oh
1: absolutely That's yeah I'm sure he's me. real oh,
2: heartbroken so
1: no, yeah, yeah. well, he got what he really wanted. That's shit. why people don't like the NBA. Yeah. They don't like the NBA for that exactly. I don't think.
2: I don't think anything like that should ever happen. If I was a Rockets, I would have just said, "Well, then you're not going to get paid if you don't play, or whatever." Like,
1: right?
2: That's that's right. your prerogative.
1: I thought he was going to Philly. to Be honest. I thought they were going to yeah. put Simmons. And it just didn't happen. I do
2: that in a heartbeat if I'm Philly. Oh yeah. Simmons, another guy I don't like. I, I, <laughs> Actually, I just I think he's yeah. like. I just think I he's done like overrated. Yeah. 100%. I think
1: he, I think he's I think he's properly rated, but I think that again, if he develops an outside shot, he, he takes his game to a whole n a whole new level. I don't mm-hmm. know if he just needs another another team to, to do that on or, or what, but something they to change. With, they went with new York.
0: Yeah. Something's gonna change. And I mean Sam's hatred goes beyond NBA players too. He hates football. Uh he I hates, don't like, Yeah. I hate a lot like of the things. whole sport of football. I think football
2: sucks. <laughs> I do like Tom Brady, but I think football sucks. It's so funny but I... football
1: i think a lot of patriots fans this year are realizing that football is not a fun sport to watch when your team isn't that good <laughs> like nobody it's wants true. to watch like the punting team every 10 yeah. minutes you know what i mean it can be very frustrating if you have a team that can't score can't move the ball can't convert on third mm-hmm. down like at least in basketball like you know
0: there's something going on every time
1: yeah there's something going on you get some some good you know there's some talent there i mean you have to be really really bad for for to, yeah. Yourself, I mean, like the Knicks.
0: So I, I can't imagine being a Knicks fan; that would suck. Which is wild. They're the still Knicks. the most valuable franchise. But, anyways,
1: with that, you know what? I, I blame I blame players almost as much as I blame yeah. the Knicks. Like, yeah. like what, what happened in the days where people were like athletes wanted that limelight, wanted that pressure. Like, if you're if you're Kevin Durant, why are you trying to go to Brooklyn over New York? Assuming like yeah. both, like all things being equal, I'm happy he
2: did. Because the Knicks people were really pissing me off all year. Oh, we're getting this guy. We're getting Zion. We're getting Kyrie and Katie. And they got none of them. Like, they get (laughs) fucked.
1: But, like, dude, have you ever been to MSG? Like, that is the best place to play. And whenever I talk to players, that's where they say is the the coolest place. I don't know why. This is something I
2: always talk about. Why do people like it so much? I don't get it. There's no – they've never done anything there. It's not like – I I mean, obviously, it's not the same place. But like the Garden should be higher than that. They won seventeen championships there. I mean, I mean, well, it's not the same old Garden, of course. But like, yeah, that,
1: that building's gone, so that yeah. might be a little different. But it, again, it, I think it's it's it comes down to the city, the atmosphere, the lights, the you know the buzz leading up to the game, walking in, and you know, I just think the whole it's the whole it's the whole thing. You know, it, it's the but you're right. I mean, recent history doesn't really give you a lot of reasons to want to play there, but that's another reason why, like, if you're a Kevin Durant, like, you want to change the narrative. You want to bring it back. Like, you can't tell me that New Yorkers aren't dying for a great basketball team. define you his know? career. I mean, just, yeah. Exa- oh, absolutely. I mean, but, so, you know what? Instead, you, like, you want to go to Brooklyn where, you know, they just moved there from New Jersey. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I guess, I mean, that's what you want to do. But, I feel like um, he was I'm, trolling. I'm, like, I feel like he did it
2: just to mess with him.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him, I guess, right? That's
2: funny. <laughs> That's funny. But um some
1: someday a player will, will I dunno if it if it'll take a player being drafted to them or maybe a it'll player. It'll take all
2: the photoshops they, they can do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Maybe, maybe that player is Julius Randle, you never know. I'm yeah, in the Lakers. Awesome. They should just like get like discounts on Photoshop. <laughs> and the heat. And the heat are it bad was, too.
1: It was Jeremy Lin. It was Jeremy Lin for like two months, and that was like the most unbelievable stretch of that basketball so in, your city in like twenty years. So so it's like fun. that. That's still that. Just goes to show you, like that. Sad. That energy <laughs> and love is still there. Like you just gotta give them a reason to, to be excited.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. For sure. Before before we but get to my question...
1: screw the Knicks and screw their fans.
2: Facts. One <laughs> one more thing about the Knicks is, is is Mello overrated? I think he's highly overrated. But Carmelo Mello. Yeah, yeah.
1: Is he overrated over his career? Um, I would say
2: probably that's a tough one yeah, yeah probably know. people love him yeah oh
1: well, because he's like the he's like the classic nba score right mm-hmm. i mean i think if i think if you're a casual nba fan like you you watch a lot of highlights and you see him filling up the stat sheet and, and scoring some ridiculous ways but i mean you can't really argue that you know he's like winning hasn't really followed him he's never really been able to lead a team mm-hmm. to where they need to go and he was in that draft class with lebron and d wade and and you know how things ended up with those guys so um right. listen to me he's obviously he's a hall of famer obviously that's not a hot take but i think i think um i don't know he's like probably like sl- it's hard because there's so many different stages of his career so it's like yeah. almost hard to to grade it on like a, a whole scale but I there were certainly points the yeah there were certainly points in his career where he was really overrated and there are, I think, some points where he was, you know, properly rated. Yeah. He's never underrated, put it that way. Yeah. yeah,
0: Never underrated, Bella. But, uh, but, yeah, Sam, you want to go ahead with your uh, end of show Celtics fan, whatever yeah. questions you want to call it? Yeah, of it. course.
2: All right. So, usually every time we have a guest on for the first time, I ask them four or five, I don't know how many it is, questions about, like, just their experience as a Celtics fan, just different things, like, that you think of. So the first is, um, do you have a favorite piece of memorabilia, whether it's a jersey, signed picture, ticket stub, whatever, mm-hmm. and what's the story behind it?
1: That's a good question. I'm not a big mem- memorabilia guy, believe it or not. I mean, I grew up collecting, like, sports cards, but I just ended up blowing all my money because I don't have any, like, real great cards. Did but, you grow up a Celtics fan? Did you? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was a huge, huge Celtics fan. Um in, in terms of memorabilia, like if I was like, "Oh, what can I what can I say is like worth anything?" Nothing, um, really, really. That's kind of sad now that I think about it. I have a I have a Celtics hard hat that I got when I was a kid at the game, and I still have it. I wouldn't call it memorabilia, but it's probably like my favorite thing to sort of toss on. If yeah, that counts. You know, yeah, yeah, it's it's a legitimate hard hat. Like you could show up to a construction site with it. <laughs> it's cert- it's uh certified and all that. It's got the Celtics logo on it. I've never seen anybody else with one at a game um or really just casually walking around town with one, so I think it's kind of a unique uh a unique little thing that I've got, so I'll toss it on like for a post game show after a big win or anything <laughs> like that like that's when you know like if you get if, you, if I got the hard hat on like i I'm, I'm here to work you know or I'm here to party a hard hat the should other. be
2: designated for sky is falling situations. You would when, think so. when everyone on Twitter's losing their mind.
1: But sometimes, you know, when everyone's celebrating and, and, you know, jumping around, you might need the hard hat, too, because you don't know what's coming your way. You don't know if it's uh, you're you're going to get, you know, people are, you know, high fiving, you know, just pushing you, shoving you, throwing things in celebration. So you just want to you want to be prepared. So I got the hard hat. But I mean, obviously, I had a Pierce jersey growing up. You know, I still have it. But it was not autograph. So I don't that I can't call it memorabilia. But I mean, I'm never going to get rid of that. Pierce was the reason. So I'm 33. And if you're anywhere near my age, Pierce is like the reason you're a crazy Celtics fan. That's just, that's just it. I mean, we grew up watching the team in the early 2000s where those were some dark days, dark, dark days. I mean, there were some fun ones for sure. They had, they made a couple of improbable runs that hooked you in, but generally speaking, like there wasn't a whole lot to be pumped about until obviously the, you know, the big three came into town. So Pierce is like the guy I got a Pierce Jersey and that'll just go with me. It it'll just go with me wherever I go. I'm never going to get it. I'm not like an autograph seeker. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, once you start covering sports, you don't really, I'll, I'll only speak for myself. I don't really care about that. That stuff really anymore about like autographs or things no, like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I totally, I totally see the value and the coolness factor of it, but I just never really got super into it. I do have like, I saved like every other kid. I probably saved like a bunch of old newspapers every time mm-hmm. a team won a championship. I've got a bunch so of those laying around.
2: One. Yeah. Definitely. I never so, even like, think of that. That is cool. Got a,
1: got a got a bunch of Patriots ones from like the early two thousands. And I got some ticket stubs that I've held on to um, just randomly. Um, one thing I wish I did was keep my press passes. I've probably, I just tossed them. I never really thought about keeping them. You know, they weren't like, I have my Super Bowl press pass, which is cool. That is sick. Um, I went to to the Super Bowl when the Patriots played the Seahawks. Wow. That was unbelievable. That was, like, the peak of my – that was, like, I can't imagine ever going to a better live sporting event than that. But I did keep that one because it was, like, had my picture on it, and it was, like, laminated and all that stuff. But a lot of the press passes we get are – or I get are, like, the single-game ones. So they're just, like, my names written on a piece of, like, cardboard, and I'm just like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with this? You know what I mean? So – a lot of those I just tossed, but there's a few that I would like, well, that was a good game. I'd like to have that, but mm-hmm. oh well. What can you do?
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Long answer for basically to say I don't have any cool
2: <laughs> Hey, that's fine. <laughs> we love long answers. But uh, it's a good segue. Uh, so we're talking about press passes. Uh, anybody you've interviewed or anything like that that you've been starstruck or, you know, like, wow, like I'm really talking to this guy or or anybody that was just really great, Celtic, non-Celtic, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, so with the NBA, I guess, to start. Um so the first one that comes to mind is Kobe Bryant, and it's not just because he he died, like when I've covered the team for for a long kind of a long time now, I guess it's been like eight or nine years in. So I've pretty much talked to every basketball player that's come through. Not necessarily a one on one interview, but I've at least been there. I did a lot of when I was at NBC I, I was asked to do a lot of the visitor locker room so I got a chance to talk to a lot of players. So Kobe Bryant was the one that sticks out because he could just like he, he could just kind of command a room. And so you would you'd show up and depending on how the game would go, it'd kind of determine how good the interview would go. But there was a few, you know, this, the Lakers won a, a good amount of times over the years in Boston, <laughs> playoffs or not. And uh there was one game back in 2012. We were talking about Lynn Sanity earlier, and I was working for this newspaper called The Metro in Boston, which no longer um exists. And uh, I was freelancing, so I got a call from the Celtics saying that the New York post wanted an article on Kobe Bryant's Kobe Bryant's take on Jeremy Lynn, because after the Lakers were playing in Boston, they were flying in New York for, um, for their game the following night. It was either, I think it was a Saturday night game. So the whole game, I'm like, I'll be honest, guys, I was, I was hoping the Lakers won this game and it was a Celtics Lakers game, but I was at that point, I'm worried about like work and I want to make sure that I can get a good article. <laughs> so I know that if the Lakers lose this game, I'm not going to get a good, a good article or, you know, Kobe Bryant's not going to want to talk about the next, the next, he's going to want to talk about the loss. So Nick, uh, Lakers ended up winning in overtime. So sigh of relief. I go into the locker room. I'm standing there for a while and there's a good amount of people there. And we finally get to talking about, we brought, we, I think it was either me or somebody brought up, you know, what's going, you know, Hey, have you, have you seen what's going on in New York or with, with Jeremy Lin? And He, whether or not he was, you know just being Kobe or not he was he acted completely clueless to what Jeremy Lin had been doing he's like I don't know who Jeremy I literally don't know anything about what you guys are talking about like I have no clue what Jeremy Lin is doing or anything like that and it was just kind of funny because I don't know if it was him just not wanting to give that sort of credit before they came into town or if he was seriously just so locked into his game the Lakers and not worried about it like the rest of the league where he really didn't have any clue what was going on but Um, I ended up writing a really good story on that because the New York Post just ran with the fact that, you know, Kobe Bryant doesn't give a shit about Jeremy Lin as they come into town, you know, Saturday night. And it ended (laughs) up being, it ended up being Jeremy Lin went absolutely bonkers that game against LA. And I, and I, and they, the Knicks won that game and Lin went off. And I think Kobe played okay, but Lin totally like dominated that game. And I think that was like almost the peak of Lin's sanity or, or it was, it was like the jump off. It was crazy. It was like all over. It was an ESPN game and and it was crazy. So that was a cool interaction that I had with Kobe. I ended up asking him a couple of follow-ups. So uh, some of the quotes I got were kind of just like the only ones uh, that were kind of floating around, which, which was cool. Um, And then when I talked to him, his last game in Boston, he talked for like 15 minutes and like everyone was just sort of just like, he was just holding court. And it was really cool to just listen to him over his career um, and just talk about, everything that's gone on so so kobe bryant's definitely one Dirk nowitzki was one that I, I he was a really nice just genuinely good dude smart guy great talker um but i don't want to say i was starstruck i was just he, he was just like mm-hmm. really like cool guys to to be around joe kim noah was sneaky like one of my favorite guys to interview really? believe it or not one of the one of the most hated opponents in in recent Celtics history i loved Joe Kim Noah. I always said that if Joe Kim Noah was on the Celtics, like, he would be like one of the biggest fan favorites of like all time. just because the way he plays, his intensity, like he's a dick obviously. But if he's <laughs> on your team being all those things, like you love that. You yeah, know, yeah. That, that's like like the Draymond Green kind of factor, yeah, right? Yeah. So I love talking to him cause he, he hated the Celtics. He hated KG, but it was like a respect hate. It wasn't like he didn't wish any like ill will. on. I mean, them, there's that there's the really, famous quote
0: where he like asked him something in the game and KG just go shut the fuck up or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think, I think Noah probably came into the league thinking KG was going to be this like cool dude. And then I found out very quickly that like, KG doesn't give a shit about him. So that stuck with him, but he was a cool guy to talk to. Um, um otherwise let's see i covered the bruins for a while but nobody starstruck there um ended up sitting i was so in hockey you sit on the top floor the ninth floor and you look over that's like called the halo and a lot of times um when a player doesn't dress the players will sit up there and watch the game so i ended up sitting next to a couple players over the years up there and jason spezza um he was on the centers at the time he was the man like we talked for like most of the game and just shooting the shit nothing crazy but uh, again he's just like I think like hockey players are like the most like down to earth athletes out of all the ones that I've, you know, covered over the Mm -hmm. years. They're just more, and, and, and same goes with some football players. People forget like there's so many football players to a team. You only really hear about or recognize the star. So a lot of football players live pretty ordinary lives. Like they can sort of do whatever they want and they don't have to worry about being noticed or, you know, being in the news for anything. And a lot of that goes for hockey, hockey players too. So those guys are all really down to earth and and cool. Um, As much as I'm a huge Brady guy, I never had a, you know, a close interaction with him. You know, his interviews were always on the podium and, or, you know, with, you know, 10 rows back of people. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he, he probably would be the closest athlete that I would, you know, quote unquote, look up to Um, everyone else to me. It's funny when you, when you cover in sports, like you just realize that these are, these guys are for the most part, regular people, there's always going to be an exception for the mega, mega, mega superstars, but mm-hmm. they have the same issues we have. They have the same family things going on. They have the same interests off the court. A lot of them are thinking about life after basketball and trying yeah. to figure out like, we forget like these guys, like they're my age, like 33. And we talk about them, like they, like they're the oldest people in the world, but like <laughs> they have a whole life ahead of them. They got to figure out what the hell they're going to do with it. You know? So it's funny having those conversations when it comes to the Celtics, Ray Allen was always the easiest guy to talk to. I think every reporter will say that. He could just, he would always hold court like pregame. Players don't do that anymore. I mean, you're lucky to even get like a hello out of some of these guys. Ray Allen used to just sit down in front of his locker and, you know, a couple of us would go over and just just chat. Um, sometimes it would be a story that we were working on or sometimes it would just be, you know, what was going on in the world or whatever, you know? So he was really a cool guy to sort of get to know. You um, learned a lot about, his what he was like outside of just basketball. Um scariest moment I had was um like question wise was um I think it was probably it was early in my career and it was it was um like when the big 3 used to go up to the podium and just all talk at the same time and there was one game where I forget the details but they they blew like an awful second half lead to a very very bad team. It may have been the nets or it may have been it was a very very bad team and they just they lost the game they played like crap and kevin garnett said something after the game and my follow-up was was do you guys feel like you gave a good effort do you guys feel like you you played hard tonight or played hard enough and he just looked at me he and he just goes yeah and and then he stared at me for the rest of the press conference like like I knew he was staring at me, and I was just looking down, like writing fake notes <laughs> in my in my journal for the next like four minutes. Every time I would, like Jesus. peek up, I, I could see like in my peripherals that he was just staring me down. So that was like, I, and the people like the reporters next to me knew it. Like everyone in the room knew it. So like as soon as the as soon as the press conference ended, everyone was like, "Holy shit, dude! Like <laughs> that was crazy." And oh, uh, I, used to, I used to get made I used to get made fun of for that a good amount. And then you know once in a while, like in the visitor locker room, you say the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing once to like Andre Blatch and like he got pissed. So it happens, but you know, you just move on. What can you do? Did you ever
2: make amends with KG?
1: I think over the years, he probably realized that I was just, you know, I just, you know, I didn't mean any harm by it, but I never (laughs) was like, Hey, sorry. Because honestly, it was a fair question. They barely showed up in that second half. So it was fair to question their effort. I probably shouldn't have been the one to do it. So that was probably where I went wrong. I was the hotshot young kid who was like, oh, I'm going to question their effort tonight. Like thinking that's going to like do anything for me. (laughs) So obviously I I learned the hard way that the question like that, let somebody else ask it that maybe has been around longer and can word it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, But over the years, I mean, yeah, I think he was, the one thing about KG, he he didn't really, he didn't really care to make friends with, with any of the reporters and that's fine. Like you don't have to be, but, rayon was a little different i guess in that sense where he was just whether you want to say it was fake or not is another thing but he was a lot more you know receptive to yeah, yeah. casual conversation and stuff so whatever works for them but, yeah yeah um baseball I, play, I I did baseball too and ortiz was the man he was borderline starstruck i was borderline starstruck i guess the first time so I, cool. he seems so cool yeah because because i didn't cover red Sox until I wasn't like I was covering them at the same time I was covering the Celtics. It took a few years later, so I remember cheering for like Ortiz when I was, you know, obviously the 0-4, 0-4 World Series and everything. So I was I was younger, so seeing him and like sort of asking like a couple of questions, and I had I ended up having a couple of good stories with him. He was so cool. Like I I couldn't tell you anything negative about him personally. I'm not saying that there isn't, but I've yeah. never run into any issues. So he was probably the coolest guy that that um that I had gotten to sort of cover uh, in baseball
2: that's pretty much that all right you gave us a nice uh trip around the the four yeah, sports yeah great
1: not. get them all out there that's wild that's so <laughs>
0: sick
2: so um the next one is do you have a favorite uh celtics memory besides a championship uh what's your favorite moment Some people will say the Marcus double charges. Some will say Isaiah is scoring 52, 53 in the playoffs. Things like that. Or it could be a particular
1: game. That's a good question. My favorite – did you say favorite Celtics moment? Yes. Yeah. So, I could break it up. As a fan growing up, my favorite moment was Pierce's shot over Al Harrington in the playoffs back in like the early 2000s. That's easily like my favorite I think that's my favorite shot of all of all time, and that's more of a personal like I was just at that age, I was at that point in my fandom, like I hated Al Harrington, i loved Pierce, and like just like the jawing back and forth, and him just like sticking that shot like preposterous shot, and like the fact that he made it is unreal great call by Mike by Mike Corman too. It's probably my favorite moment um as a like reporter, my favorite Celtics moment um it's one of the isaiah games probably the game after he 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 played where he lost his sister that was just such a special um such a special moment um to cover that game and to yeah. I, I thought isaiah thomas was like one of the nicest dudes I, I haven't mentioned him yet but he's not a guy that you feel starstruck around because he's so like down earth and cool and like he's just an, and, you know obviously like his he's not a big dude so you're not like whoa like this is an nba player you know so. Um, but that was a cool moment. I think I think a lot of people fell in love with Isaiah Thomas after that game. Not I'm not saying reporters, but a lot of fans like really fell in love with him. Um, not that they didn't already, but that was one of those moments where you were like, wow, like this is a this is a crazy this is a crazy story with Isaiah Thomas. Like kind of almost came out of nowhere, and he's put the team on his back and to, to play a game with that after that happening is a lot of people would not be able to, to do would he, a lot of people would not even be able to play, never mind put a performance together like that. So that's probably my favorite one. Um I covered a lot of playoff games that were unbelievable games and finishes and buzzer beaters. And I'd have to go back and like really think about the ones that really stood out over the others. But we did some great series against LeBron. Um obviously the the series where might have been twenty ten where they weren't supposed to beat the Cavs that year and, and they did. That was a that was a great Series. Um you know Big Baby jumping on or Nate Robinson jumping on Big Baby's back was a good moment hilarious moment um, stuff like that but I think I think those probably would be my answers yeah those are those are some good Pierce ones written, honestly Pierce, yeah Pierce's um, Pierce's last game in the Guardian that was cool too when he was with the Clippers he hit that shot and then yeah that
2: was that was awesome I actually was lucky I was, I was there
1: where you yeah, um, at that- yeah that's
2: actually like my favorite memorabilia i have i have the the poster and the headband from that game oh still i
1: think i have the headband too so maybe i do have memorabilia let's go
2: yeah yeah little little things like that like i don't mean like things you buy but like just little cool like little you know like i have this like that's cool that's that's really sentimental still have the tickets from that too
1: yeah absolutely that's what i mean like i wish i kept some of my certain press passes even though they're just like little shitty things, but like at least they like, you kind of remember what they were for So yeah but yeah that and was a great game and then talking to you know him doing his interviews after and just sort of it was just cool the way it all sort of worked out
2: yeah so you kind of you kind of took my second question usually i do a follow-up is like all right well seeing you cover the team like what's the favorite thing you've been there for but that's that's a good answer to that and the uh you know you've got all the isaiah games in there too so yeah. you nailed it uh, nice. I believe that is all I usually ask, and then Jack has his own question. But you already kind of answered that too. Yeah, he you likes to ask about jerseys, and he, he said, Paul said he Pierce. A Pierce jersey. So yeah. I think I think you you beat us to the
0: punch.
1: Did I? Wow! Yes. Love, love, love to see it. I uh, had a feeling I knew these questions were coming. <laughs>
0: I Did the research? Uh, no, but yeah. With that, uh, I think this is a fine time to wrap it up. Thank you very much, Jimmy, for coming on. Uh, to talk with us. Your Twitter handle is Jimmy underscore Toscano, correct? Yes, sir. So make sure everybody to go over to Twitter, follow him there. uh, CLNS media and Celtics blog. Uh, Make sure to follow us at Bannertown USA. I'm Jack Simone MBA there. Uh, Once again, thank you to Jimmy for joining us today Uh, and Sam, go ahead. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, Big game
2: tomorrow. Beat LA. Uh, I, I hate that team with all of my being and LeBron. <laughs> um, I really hope they win. Uh, follow follow the guys. Appreciate Jimmy coming on. It was a good time. Follow Jack. Follow Bannertown. Follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. Uh, that's our show for today. Bye.